You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On the Paracast this week, a little bit later, in just a few minutes, we'll be welcoming back longtime UFO investigator Timothy Good, who first appeared in the Paracast probably about six years ago. So we're happy to have him back, but first we wanted to talk about a couple of things, Chris and I. And first, of course, is the reaction to the appearance of David Roundtree on the Paracast. <laughs> Chris, I've never seen it so polarized. It's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, we bring the best quality guests we possibly can to the show. And, of course, David, I think, uh, ruffled a few feathers with his his very uh, direct way of presenting himself and his work. And uh, he, I, I think he... May have also ruffled the feathers of some scientists that we have that listen to the show. What do you think of the areas that concerned you, if anything, about his presentation? Well, I, I, I liked it, Gene. I, I, think, I think it's kind of a, a refreshing approach away from, you know, in the realm of, of the paranormal, away from skulking around houses at night uh, looking for ghosts. I, I, I found his attitude about what he does it, it was quite refreshing. However, I do have some problems with, I think, some of his concepts. I think his whole idea of, of, of this, um, this whole wormhole idea, I think, needs to be fleshed out and explained a lot better. I did not get it. But um, he does seem to, to know his, his science. It would have been nice to get more of a background, uh, more background information from him about his education, etc. But, but I think all in all, he, he represents kind of a new wave of, of more of a high-tech approach uh, to haunted sites, if you will and portillary activity and I, I look forward to hearing about his his progress i think people are always concerned about the basics there why he doesn't reveal anything about his education but there are things you can infer because of the fact that if you look on facebook where he says his education is private he obviously went to school in florida well he did l- let slip the uh, the gators as a clue there so that should give some of you inquiring paracasters a little little hint Sounds like he went to Florida. Okay. So now, of course, if he's going anywhere, it's in New Jersey. Right. I don't see why he doesn't mention it, though. I mean, people are so concerned about one's qualifications. Not that necessarily makes you better able to evaluate this stuff. But because of some instances where people were kind of fooled, led to believe somebody knew more than they knew, because of their education, this is an important reason why this comes up over and over again. Yeah. Well, you know, we all have rationales for for stating certain things about ourselves. Uh, some people like to keep it a little bit more uh, quiet and and private. Uh, that's his right. I don't think that um, it it serves his credibility as well as it would if he would divulge. Uh, but you know, publicly. Uh, his education, the same with his uh, his research uh, buddy Thomas Fusco, same thing. So, I, you know, I, I don't personally have a problem sitting behind the fact that I went to, <laughs> to university for five years and didn't even bother to, to really declare a major or anything. I just went to attend classes. I, I'm I'm perfectly okay with saying that, but some people have an issue around it uh, in this realm, and and that's uh, that's their right. I think we kind of hope, though, that understanding the situation they would be more forthcoming i understand he has a right to his privacy 
David Roundtree. But I can't see that revealing his educational background is going to hurt him somehow. Well, I think he was more concerned with his alma mater. I, I, I think he, he, he said he didn't want to bring any undue attention to them, going on the assumption that they might be getting some flack because of his choice of uh, hobbies. I don't see that. I know. I don't see why. I know. I mean, a lot of people have been involved in UFO research, and they went to normal places, and they didn't have anything to live down. I mean, Jim Mosley went to, what, Princeton? He didn't graduate, but he went there, and I don't recall Princeton saying, please don't mention us. Right. Alfred Alfred Weber went to Yale. See what good it did him. Right, and I haven't heard that Yale has officially released an edict saying, (laughs) it is not our policy to ever mention his name in connection with Yale. No. Well, look what happened to John Mack. I mean, there have been examples of people, uh, some more high-profile than others, that have run into problems with educational educational institutions, especially if they were associated with them directly. So, but still, I, I I don't see I don't see why David Roundtree and Thomas Fisco just can't tell us, hey, this is the level of my education. This is what I studied. You know, I'm proud of it. Make of it what you will. But, uh, you know, put your cards on the table. I, didn't, I, I don't think there's a problem with that. Let's move over to our guest, Tim Good. I, thank you. <laughs> Mr. Good, welcome back to the Paracast. Thank you very much. Okay, so you hear us talking about educational background. So yeah. we're going to ask you, you basically studied music. Well, I... I suppose you could call it the university, but I, I got a scholarship to the Royal Academy of Music, uh, where I spent four years, and that was after my my final schooling um, at, at what we call a public school. And uh, gosh, that that's that's way back. But uh, four years I was at the Royal Academy of Music in London, so that would be the equivalent of of uh, a university in your in your uh, estimation, though quite different from, say, Oxford or Cambridge, in that it specialized in music. Now, of course, you've also worked as a session musician for a number of famous artists. Um, I did indeed, yes. I had 20 years in the session scene, and I don't regret any of it. It was great fun, and it was also very well paid, unlike classical music. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed myself, and I had the great pleasure of playing with some of the great artists of the time. So uh, it was great. It was great fun. And just to mention a couple of names like Phil Collins, U2, Rod Stewart, yep. Paul McCartney, George Harrison. Wow. Yes, indeed. Yes. Oh, what a list. My goodness. You know, some backing for, for some of their albums, those guys' albums. Wow. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in a few of those sessions. <laughs> Boy. So what's it like working with Rod Stewart? Is he as gorgeous uh, in person um, back there in the I, 70s? I never as... actually chatted to him. We, we, yeah. I think there was only one that I, I backed him on, and that was with um, quite a few session musicians in Wembley, which is a part of London, where there are several studios. And mm-hmm. uh, he, pre, he did a pre-record there. And um, it was great fun. I can't offhand remember, remember the name of the title of the of the uh, the song that we did, but it was it was good fun. And I, I reckon I played on another occasion with him as well. 
But no. um, I certainly worked with uh, Paul McCartney on on several occasions. And on one occasion, uh, a small group of us went down to his windmill home on the south coast of Suffolk, and uh, it was a great experience. We spent, wow, what fun! We spent you know most of the day there, and Linda was alive at that time, and yeah. she got tea and cakes and stuff. And uh, McCartney was wonderful, and it was. Uh, I delivered great. pizza to him once. I beg your pardon? I delivered pizza to him once. Oh, well, gosh. <laughs> Good for you. At the Waldorf in New York, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, boy, I tell you, that, uh, that's, quite, um, that's quite a scene uh, to be involved with. And, you know, being a fellow uh, musician of sorts, uh, not, not obviously your caliber, but it's always fun to, um, to see how, how the professionals uh, produce music, arrange it, and... Mm-hmm. And actually get you know capable tracks. Uh, it's a lot more, it's a lot more involved and a lot more difficult than most people I think would imagine. And uh, to be in that rarefied realm, you really have to know your stuff. Yeah. No, Speaking of knowing stuff, we're going to talk more with Timothy Good about his UFO research, not where he played his violin, although that's fascinating. And I bet he's got stories that we can do another show if we did a music show. And Chris could as a musician as well. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Do you know how much the dollar has lost in its value against other currencies in the last 90 days? Ever think about how inflation will change your life, your savings, your retirement plans? Remember inflation in Zimbabwe, Argentina, the Weimar Republic? Put another way, who cares if your investments go up 10%, but you lose 40% of your purchasing power. Gold is the only monetary asset as no one else's liability. Gold still buys the same amount of stuff it always did. Gold does not require trust in a third party. You can possess it in your hand. You can take it with you. Gold is real money. Gold is honest money. My name is Daniel Larson from Midas Resources. To find out how you can protect your savings and roll over your IRA funds into precious metals accounts, Please call me at 800-686-2237, extension 134. That's 800-686-2237, extension 134. 800-686-2237, extension 134.
We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light Systems system today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. These days, so many suffer from heartburn, stomach ulcers, and acid reflux, and most never realize it is the high acidity within the body that causes their discomfort. While selective diet choices can help, AlkaVision Plasma pH drops can really make a change. A few drops added to water can optimize your body's pH level, ridding you of harmful waste and acid, promoting health, and restoring vibrance and energy. Healthy pH levels make all the difference. High acidity can also cause depression, insomnia, and irritability. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops bring you vital balance that can be truly life-changing. Alkalizing boosts immune response, reduces headaches and cramping, and even helps prevent bone loss. This is simple science that helps your body do what's natural. Order your AlkaVision pH Drops for just $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, A-L-K-A-Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you'd like to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out at iTunes. On the Paracast with Gene and Chris, we're joined by Timothy Good, who is a violinist by profession and a UFO researcher. That's your hobby, UFO researcher, right? Well, no, no, I'd say it's, it's also my profession because I lecture on the subject um, throughout the United Kingdom, mostly to what we, what we used to call public schools, but are now called independent schools, to the sixth form, which is the top form. I'm still doing that. And uh, I thoroughly enjoy it, and I lecture elsewhere at conferences sometimes. Sometimes I'll be at the Phoenix conference in February. I think it's something like the 12th to the 16th of, of February. I'm just flying out. I'm being flown out for uh, five days in total, so I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm, well, I gather well, it's a very good conference they do out there. Yeah, and we're, we're in the area, and we'll probably get a chance to see you there. Okay. Oh, yeah, Gene's down there just outside of town, and uh, I'm up uh, towards Sedona. Great. And Chris is going to pay for the lunch. There you go. <laughs> lunch is on me. Okay, I, I take that as a solid commitment. <laughs> <laughs> they do put on a good conference. It should be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing you again. The last time we saw each other, Tim, actually was in 2004 at the X Conference. 
I tried to introduce you to Ray Stanford and you turned on your heel and you ran from me. <laughs> what? <laughs> he did. Oh, you said the Ray I Stanford? You turned around and ran away. <laughs> All right. Oh. Let me let me get back here because I'm obviously confused over this. This is some kind of inside baseball conversation. No. Okay. Why would Ray Stanford bring apart that reaction? I don't know. I was hoping uh, to get uh, a little bit more insight. It's all from news Tim. to me. There were two brothers, weren't there? Rex and Ray. Uh, Rex and Ray, correct. Who Rex both was... had um, encounter experiences, um, as as I recall. Many, many years back. Ago. I mean, we're talking decades ago, you know. So uh, sixty years ago. And I cannot certainly remember my own encounter with uh, one of the Stanford guys. Yeah, I introduced you to him. Uh, he lived just uh, a couple of towns south of Gaithersburg, where the X Conference was being held. And I, I think you had somewhere to go, obviously, because you should have left in a hurry. <laughs> the, the time before that, Tim, uh, you and I flew around the San Luis Valley with John Altshuler uh, piloting his plane. Oh, and uh, way back, this, I remember this is going back 20 well. years ago. Pardon I remember me? that very well, yes. Yeah, that was quite something. And uh, you supplied some photographs for my second book, Enter the Valley, from oh, some of the pictures yes. that you took. The great shots of the sand dunes and yeah. and uh, the big uh, Blanca Mountain there. But boy, I'll tell you, that that was probably one of the most scary uh, flights I've ever taken. When all well, how many, He had four radios and they all went silent. They all blacked and, out when we approached it, the airport. Exactly, right over the dry creeks area where you know magnetic anomalies yeah. have been have been known to happen. That was yeah. quite quite something. That was a thrilling thrilling moment John when that control tower John handled that really well. He was a he was a fine pilot and a very good uh, I pilot. Respect, I respected him tremendously. Yeah, well, that was the last time he ever set foot in the San Luis Valley. <laughs> he, he, he he swore he'd never ever come back, and he didn't. Yeah, as I recall, he was one of the first, if not the first, to investigate the case of snippy am i am i right which that is correct it was the mystery pathologist that did the examination the valley, of the yeah. yep and he showed me at his home dozens of of slides i'm not talking about film slides i'm talking about glass slides with samples mm -hmm. from mutilations he had he had i think he must have had hundreds if not thousands of, of different slides he did he, he did brought up on the microscope for me which i found absolutely fascinating yeah, it, it was really sad when we lost him. He we died in a bicycle accident on right. It was ride a bicycle ride. accident. It was very. It was tragic. It was. It, yep. it was shame. I think he got he got knocked off the road or something. I I'm, I'm not sure of the of the details now. This this long. I think he got hit by a truck. Was he actually. hit by a truck? God. Yeah. Kind of John Mack style, except on uh, the other side of the world. Yeah. I always wondered if the truck that hit John Mack was a Mack, but I I, I probably shouldn't go there. <laughs> Well, folks, let's now go dark and dirty and deep into your UFO studies. What got you interested first, Tim Good? And I want to start this because a lot of our listeners now weren't here with our show back in 2007. So let's Right, and they first. won't have been alive when I first became interested in you first. <laughs> Unfortunately, you and I were both alive, but that's another story. This was 1955. Oh my! And I was at school, and um, a cousin from America, a cousin of my mother's, called Edmund C. Berkeley. He was the guy who actually was the first to produce a magazine on 
It was called Computers and Automation in the 1940s. He was considered a nutcase, but he was well ahead of the game to do with, with computers. He told me things that computers would be able to do, you know, talking decades ahead, and it's all, it's all come true. But he came around, he stayed with us. Uh, he was the second cousin of my mother, and he was well aware of my passion for aviation and space travel. And he said, Timothy, you like airplanes, you like rocket ships, you need to know about flying saucers. And so he got me a book, The, the Flying Saucers Are Real, by Major Donald Kehoe, and mailed it to me. And I haven't looked back since then, 1955. Well, I'm going to tell you something. That sounds like the book I read. <laughs> well, That's the first book I, think- I read. But my story is interesting because my late brother left a copy on his coffee table in his home in Brooklyn, New York. Right. And I was really young. I was 11 years old at the time. So I won't mm-hmm. reveal the real age. It's something less than 115 right now. Maybe I just feel that way. And I read that book, as you did. Yeah. And I was hooked. I said, I got to follow up on this. And as I got older, I started running to the bookstores because it was safe then to take a subway in New York City yeah. and go from Brooklyn to Manhattan. And they had used bookstores where I buy used or close out UFO books. And Great. that's how I cut my teeth on the subject. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I've God knows how many books I've got now, but it, it, it's, a, it's a huge amount. I don't have all the books. There's no point in just buying the books for the sake of it, you know, unless there's something specific that interests you. It's, it's not worth getting books, and there's, there's so much rehashing of stuff. No, it's a, it's a great subject, and of course, as most of your listeners and yourselves will be aware, it, it is actually... I have been told by people who are in very high positions of knowledge that it is the most sensitive subject in the intelligence community. Furthermore, it represents a very great threat to planet Earth. Perhaps we can talk about that um, a little later. Well, you're already raising the subject, but I want to ask you something first, because our listeners are always concerned about the facts behind a claim. Mm-hmm. These high sources, intelligence sources, what? I assume when you don't yes. mention them that you're being asked to keep their name secret? Oh, absolutely. It goes without saying. Okay, so the obvious question people are going to ask, and we can get some skeptical people in our forums, is, all right, he says he's got these sources. Mm-hmm. How do we know that? How do we demonstrate that these sources are real? And if they are real, they're telling Tim Good the truth. We'll find out more. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. From our family to yours, have a very Merry Christmas. We are the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. First game attack of the rockoids and it was a critically acclaimed success and now there's the coming of the protectors a former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the earth 
This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. According to the FBI, close to 400,000 burglaries take place in the United States between November and December each year. Seems burglars shop for the holidays, too, for easy targets. Here are a few things that you can do to lower the risk of a break-in. Lock doors and windows. Don't have newspapers and mail accumulate in front of your house. Don't announce your travel plans on social media. And plug in fake TV. Burglars love the dark. Fake TV is a bit like a light on a timer, but more convincing. Plugs into any outlet and simulates the colors and movement of a real TV. Burglars will see light and movement and likely move on to easier targets. Fake TV costs less than a month of most alarm monitoring plans and makes a great Christmas gift. Or it's perfect if you're traveling over the holidays or anytime. So before you leave your house looking like an empty, easy target, order Fake TV today. Call 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or go to faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. My name is Bruno. I'm 52 years old. I've tried different protein powders over the years and they've all tasted pretty bad. I tried One World Way and found it to be delicious. After 10 weeks on One World Way, my wife commented, you have more muscles and you're leaner than when you were 20 years old. My body has changed dramatically. I'm a cyclist. Normally I'll ride two days on and take two days off. After being on One World Way, I rode 10 days in a row in over 100 degree heat and then I take another two servings of One World Way and then work out at the gym for another hour and a half. I just couldn't believe these results. My normal muscle tightness and soreness after working out are virtually gone. Don't take my word for it. One World Way comes in single servings. Just give it a try. For a health and taste sensation you'll love, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit oneworldway.com. That's oneworld, W-H-E-Y.com. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Timothy Good joining us. He's written a number of books, such as Above Top Secret and the later version Beyond Top Secret, and he's coming out with another book on UFOs. He hasn't given up on it. So you got the sense, Tim, of the question I asked here, the skeptic's point of view, saying, well, you've got these sources. How do we know they are what you say they are? Well, obviously, I can't go beyond what I've told you, which is that I've come to know these people um, few and far between, though though they are over a very, very long 
period of time. And most of them, most of the few of them, there's just a handful, um, give me information, have given me a great deal of information over decades. And, and in some other countries as well, I have, a, I have a few contacts. Okay, about these contacts, ever get the feeling that maybe some of them are giving you a little bit of disinformation? Do you know that what you're hearing from them is reliable? I get that impression, and that only arises from the fact that I've had long friendships with these people. I mean, I'm talking about decades with some of them at any rate. I've, some of them I've known for 30, 40 years, and I only ever get, get an occasional amount of, of information and occasional updates. A lot of the information uh, remains out of date, that, that's for sure like uh, a Washington-based aerospace journalist. He's still alive, become a, a dear friend, and um, he's gave me, he gave me a lot of information about, about what was going on. And uh, a lot of it is, is quite disturbing, actually. All right. Disturbing in what way? Well, what I've been told is that there is a tremendous threat posed to Earth, and this has been going on for decades, since the 1940s, allegedly, this is what I have been told, some of the so-called greys, there are different species of greys, as I'm sure you're aware, have hunkered down in, in underground bases on planet Earth, and their objective is to take over the planet. They have a hundred-year plan, supposedly. I'm very cynical about all this, as you can you can read from the the final um, chapter in my book where I where I I reference this. And this is this is what I've been told. That um, let's just set that, this apart, Tim. Okay. First okay. of all, which book was this? This is my latest book, Earth and Alien Enterprise. Okay, in, so in this the, one is going the, to tell us that. Chapter. Okay, the final chapter of your new book. Yes. And you're telling us here that, number one, there are several species of greys. And how there do we know are, this? And, well, I, all I can tell you is, is what I have been told from, from my source, um, from my Washington source. And um, I've learned the tremendous amount of information about this thing. Allegedly, they have a long-term plan to create a race of alien-human hybrids purportedly they allege, to make us more peaceful. Their true purpose, that I've been told, however, is to create a passive human race incapable of violence by eradicating the human emotions that enable us to survive, thus laying us out to conquest. However, as I've pointed out, if this has been a long-term stratagem, I've yet to see much evidence of the human race becoming less violent. And in any event, these particular aliens uh, who are trying to take over the planet in an, an alleged hundred-year plan, supposedly, uh, are not omnipotent. And to a certain extent, they, they feared us. And um, they do have weaponry, I'm told. But some of them had been killed by our military. Um, a number of their bases, strangely, were guarded by elements of the United States military. And uh, the whole object was allegedly classified under something called Project Aquarius. Aquarius has cropped up in, in other documents as well, as I'm sure you're, you're aware. But um, a great deal of information. And um, not everybody, even, even theater commanders-in-chief, 
were out of the loop, I, I have been told. But those in the loop were said to have included, I'm going way back here, several decades, to include the president, though not always, the secretary of defense, the director of central intelligence, and the chairman of the joint chiefs of staff. And um, dossiers on potential, in the event of leaks, dossiers on potential offenders were supposedly prepared by security personnel uh, to discredit their reputations in the media if they let slip with uh, what was going on. Those few people in Congress and the media, I was told, who, who expressed an interest and asked too many questions were dealt with. Um, I don't know exactly what's meant by that, but uh, several people have, I'm, I'm, I'm told, have been dealt with uh, terminally. Um, a president, as well as a chairman of the Joint Chiefs, is alleged to have been abducted. Um, as to who, I, I, I really haven't a clue. But so there's, an, there's, a, there's a very rarely known report dating back to 1982, which, which I published for the first time here. And um, I've, I've sort of thought about publishing it for a long time. And it relates to General William Westmoreland, who was a U.S. Army general who commanded military operations in the Vietnam War and later became U.S. Army Chief of Staff. There was a newspaper article which I got in the London Evening Standard. Um, and it says, UFO kidnap puts U.S. Army in a flap. A report that America's Vietnam commander, General William Westmoreland, had been snatched by a flying saucer sparked off a full-scale emergency alert. The report was made by 49-year-old Mrs. Edith Mello. Security police immediately tried to track down the general. They failed, and troops at El Paso Army Base in Texas were put on full alert. We put out an all-points bulletin, said Army spokesman Ed Starnes, but four hours later we decided the woman's claim was just too much, so we called off the search. The Army later said that Westmoreland had been found, but they refused to say where or in what circumstances. So it's you know, there's no way of, of, of proving that in, in, in any way, shape or form, as far, you know, especially since it dates back such a way. Okay, but we're dealing with something here, Tim, that obviously is going to be disbelieved. And the big question I'd ask you before we even get into more details about mm-hmm. alien hybrids and about this secret yeah. plan to take control. And that is, why would anyone allow you to talk about it? If this is something under deep top secret, we don't want to possibly panic the populace here, knowing that our alien visitors are hostile. How would you be allowed to tell about it? Well, I have, and I've done it. In in fact, in in Unearthly Disclosure, which is um, several books back, I I touched on it. But in my latest book, I've gone into a great deal more... more, uh, uh, detail, especially specifically, or in particularly about about the um, the the way they are co- are constructed. Great details, medical details um, about them, which is absolutely fascinating. Um, I can't say it's true. It's just what I've been told over a long period of time. Do you have reason to believe that what you've been told is authentic by any verification? Have other things you've been told proven to be true? Well, I haven't met any of these types of aliens, thank heavens. But uh, I don't think you'd come back from the visit, would you? 
I, well, people do, but um, I think some of them do not have our best interest at heart. That, that is for sure. Well, this goes into the theory then that's also voiced by people like Dr. David Jacobs, that a lot of the people who are being abducted, and he talks of numbers in the millions, are undergoing various physical tests for some kind of hybrid experiment. Exactly. Is that your feeling? That's what I've been told. And uh, I, I have a great deal of respect for, for Dr. Jacobs. Where, where are these uh, facilities that you referred to? They where are they are, located? There are several of them, on huge underground and undersea bases around our planet. I haven't been given any specific areas, although I, in my previous book, I think I, I mentioned that one of their bases was uh, in, in the North Pacific to the west of uh, Hawaii. There's a huge base there. We're going to do our break now. Timothy Good joins Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Wishing you the brightest of Christmas seasons and best wishes for the new year from the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free sent right to your mailbox, plus a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. Yesterday, I got a notice from the IRS. They say I owe them over $16,000. I don't have that kind of money. But the notice said if I don't pay it in 30 days, they're going to go into my bank account and take my money, put a lien on my house, and garnish my wages. Can they really do that? If you owe back taxes, unless you get help, the IRS can do all that and more. Don't try to fight the IRS on your own. Use Coast One Financial Group and let them help you get a fresh start. Their fresh start program that will stop collection efforts, remove any liens the IRS or state have in place, and help you reduce your back taxes by as much as 80%. You get a fresh start if you owe at least $10,000 in back taxes. They're so sure they can help you that they'll give you a 20% discount just for calling right now. Dial 877-328-6404. That's 877-328-6404. Again, 877-328-6404. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah, buying them another sweater, game, or other holiday gift they didn't need was nice. But this season, why not take the easy road, the safer road, and the smarter road? Get those you love something they do need. Give the gift of preparedness with Freeze-Dry Guy gift cards. 
Since 1970, the veteran-owned Freeze-Dry Guy has been your trusted source for emergency preparedness with easy-to-make, delicious freeze-dried foods and dehydrated foods. These long-lasting foods are lifesavers, which come with added comfort, confidence, and convenience, perfect for any power outage, natural disaster, political crisis, or emergency at home, such as job loss or illness. Call Freeze-Dry Guy now at 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD. Or log on to freezedryguy.com. You can't predict what's going to happen to your loved ones, but when it does, you can have them ready with gift cards from freezedryguy.com. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even if I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months, simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? So, is E.T. here in its various forms to take over, to create a hybrid race of humans over which they exert control? And if they are, have your sources given you a reason? Why pick humans? Aren't there other races in the universe? There are other races in the universe. And the good news is that there are those who are genetically related to us and perhaps who were responsible for hybridizing us tens of thousands of years ago are in a situation where they have a vested interest in this planet, but for very different reasons from some of these, these so-called gray types, in that they, they think that Earth is unique. Not, it's not obviously not unique in the universe, nor indeed in the galaxy. There are other Earth-like planets, but they have a vested interest in this planet because it has so much uh, to offer. They are in a uh, supposedly in a conflict situation with these uh, so so-called hybridizing guys, and that's been going on for for, for quite a long time. In fact, one of the reasons I um I, I should mention that there's a there's a, a very controversial chapter um, in my book called Amicizia, which is Italian for friendship, which deals with the infiltration of various types of aliens, many of them human-type aliens, Some of, a few of them very tall. In fact, there's a photograph of a 10-foot-tall alien, very sharp photograph, not in color, unfortunately. Publishers uh, seldom can afford that these days, but uh, there's, a, there's a black and white photograph of, of a 10-foot-tall alien taken by a respected Catholic, uh, Catholic historian way back in 1976. These people 
had infiltrated quite a number of countries in the 1950s. And there was a, over a period of 40 years, at least one person I know, sadly, he died three years ago, Professor Stefano Breccia was a scientist, and he had communications on a regular level with these people um, and with others for about um, 30, 40 years. And he even took a ride in one of their craft together with a German friend, uh, a pilot, and the aliens were, everything was being monitored in case of any accidents, but uh, the craft are very difficult to crash. They're very easy to fly. And uh, they have actually not just given us their technology, but they have given us their craft. And this has been going on not just in Italy, but in many countries throughout the world. We are flying. Our astronauts and our pilots have been flying some of these craft since the mid-1950s. And uh, Gordon Cooper was one of those who actually offered to fly a, a flying saucer onto the the outside of the United Nations in New York, just to prove what was going on. Quite a number of the astronauts were were involved and probably still are flying actual alien vehicles, which we have been given. Why have we been given them? Because there is a threat posed by these other hybridizing species and there's therefore a conflict. But wouldn't you think that advanced beings who have the power and the technology to give us this craft would be able to fight? The bad aliens? Well, they have. There have been there have been conflict situations on wow. this planet in space. Where? I would think both. I don't know for sure. Certainly on this planet. Wow, this is all uh, um, head spinning stuff. I'm. I've heard uh, similar theories before, but uh, coming from a source that you trust, um, it's kind of hard to. Yeah, well, that's from several different sources. So, yeah. Uh, I was very wow. pleased to have that. And well, I'm not sure. I always thought we were the aliens. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> we probably are. We probably are. So We're certainly related to some of them, very closely related to some of them. So. Well, where, where are these uh, supposed races uh, coming from? Do we have any sort of, do you have any sense of uh, you know, no. what part of the neighborhood they're in? Um, they've given very rough sort of uh, guides, you know, like like in that particular neck of the galaxy, there are several planets which we occupy, things like that. Nothing really specific. Right. So what what do you make of, uh, let's say, Len Kasten, uh, Ken, uh, Len Kasten and, and Project Serpo and stories that have come out within the last 10 years? That I don't know. I'm a bit dubious about quite a few things I've read in, in Project Serpio, I must say. But <laughs> I, yeah, I think most of it you should probably uh have a wheelbarrow load of salt uh because mm-hmm. uh, some of that uh, is so over the top with descriptions of the alien planet and and whatnot well why have your sources uh what what's the rationale for them to put themselves at risk uh possibly violate uh, national security oaths and that sort of thing by telling you tim good i mean well uh, as far as Professor Stefano Brecci is concerned, and, and many of the people with whom he worked, uh, and this was a guy, you know, to be taken seriously. He lectured at the former Russian Academy of Sciences. He lectured at universities um, around the world. He was very knowledgeable as a scientist, and uh, he, there were no there were no 
uh, agreements that he'd signed. The government wasn't in charge. Uh, certainly, the Italian government wasn't, and um, it might. It's probably quite different in the United States because a lot of people who are involved in this business do do have very high security clearances relating to that subject. Well, for what, example, what, Project Aquarius, which I cited earlier. Right. Well, what do you think of people like uh, Colonel uh, John Alexander coming out saying there's no such thing? This oh, is all. Yeah. <laughs> I've read his I've read his book and it's it's a joke really because you know he's worked at Los Alamos and he has a very very high top secret uh, security clearances and so on and so forth and he goes to great lengths to say that there's nothing to do with there are no there are no aliens coming here there are no unidentified objects that you know that we can't explain and so on and so forth but in fact the most sensitive operations relating to this subject are based at Los Alamos. I can tell you that much. I can't tell you much more than that. Wow. Still, to this day, out there, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I, I don't know. I can't possibly... I haven't the faintest idea of what on, what's going right, on right, right at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, that's... I'm out uh, that... of date. I'm, I'm out of date. My information is out of date. Well, and, they, and I, 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 I wouldn't quickly. be... Some... I wouldn't be surprised if they move stuff like that around too a little bit uh, to keep everybody on their heels. If if again we're we're dealing with with reality here, I you know to me it's always been very difficult for me to uh, kind of buy into scenarios uh, such as you're suggesting. Uh, it it I don't know. There's just so much of it that um, that doesn't quite ring true for me. Uh, you've been in this uh, in this line of work and in these uh, investigative corridors for for decades now tim and so obviously you're uh you're putting two and two together and and two and two and two and and coming up with uh with some pretty interesting stuff i i personally i'm just more of an agnostic about it and it's going to take a lot more good no, no, you know no, one, I, should all, one should always be objective and yeah agnostic. like uh for instance uh I, I heard for years that there was a some some sort of facility in the san luis valley uh most often cited under uh, blanca peak and uh, try as I might to get corroboration of many of these stories, uh, some from law enforcement, others from just ranchers and uh, everyday people, never could a- actually find the entrance or find the uh, well, the ventilation. Uh, I, I can uh, agree with you on that. For example, I think it's about 30, 30 years ago, um, I went out with some guys to, to Delcy, and we hired a plane. And we took a lot of photographs all over the, the Delphi range and everything. And we talked to some of the um, native uh, Indians. Um, they weren't very talkative about it, but we never actually saw anything. We never came away with, with anything really concrete information about, about the, you know, the so-called um, Delphi aliens. So I don't know how, how much of that story was exaggerated or whether it was, it was basically true that... Pulled apart later on. Oh, I've always had the assumption uh, or the kind of inkling that uh, Dulce is a cover for something even more nefarious than what is alleged to be there. Well, exactly, that that is quite possible. I think that uh, a deal might have been made with the Apache to bury some really noxious nuclear materials from Los Alamos and well, elsewhere. Sure. And uh, I think they've been waving a red herring with the right hand while the left hand's been uh, <laughs> degradating the environment uh, really mm-hmm. badly there. But um, yeah, I always thought that the whole Dulce base rumor started with the Paul Benowitz uh, disinformation from Bill Moore and Richard yes. Doty. Right. What sort of advice do you give people who uh, claim to be approached by supposed 
ex-military types or ex-intelligence people. Um, Anthony Sanchez well, comes to mind with his Colonel X uh, scenario. Yeah. Tread warily, and, and you need to get to know these people over a very long period. We have to do our break now, but we'll explore Bye. this about the claims that at least some E.T. visitors are hostile, that they mean us harm. Sounds like the movie Independence Day. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. From our family to yours, have a very Merry Christmas. We are the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. It's no secret that silver is one of the oldest known natural antibiotics, but the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on big pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this truth dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888-213-4338. 888-213-4338. And talk to the patriots at utopiasilver.com, a leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins, and herbs. Utopiasilver.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, Timothy Good joins us. He's written a number of books about UFOs. We'll talk about them as we progress. The latest one is Earth and Alien Enterprise. And obviously has some frightening information. Speaking of the various things you've learned over the years, has anything that was given to you early on been shown not to be true? That you had to kind of take it back? I wouldn't I wouldn't know where to start. A lot of a lot of stories. A lot of the contactees were fake, but but quite a number of them were absolutely genuine, in my opinion. And I got to know uh, some people who were having regular communications. Um, Madeline Rodifer was a, was a friend of mine, and she looked after George Adamski for the last 
last uh, few months of his life in Silver Spring, Maryland, at her, at her home there. And in 19, February 1965, a craft actually came in low and hovered for quite some time, describing a series of maneuvers. And Adamski filmed it with, uh, I think, both a 16-millimeter camera and uh, later on a, an 8-millimeter camera. He borrowed Madeline's uh, uh, camera to do to do the filming. I'll tell you what, and though, I have seen from... the analysis of anything Adamski produced, and well, nothing of it passed credibility. Nothing. Well, I, I disagree entirely. Adamski actually had a United States government ordinance passed, which gave him access to all military bases throughout the world, and the White House, and that was confirmed by by Dr. Jacques Vallée. When did that um, happen? When was that confirmation? About. I think about uh, 15, 20 years ago, something like that. That George Adamski, who ran the hot dog stand at the yeah. foot of Mount Palomar Observatory, claimed to have met E.T. in the desert in 1952. George Adamski had a United States government ordinance passed, which gave him access to a lot of classified information and to military bases throughout the world. Now, we're not United talking States. here about... The fact that he once claimed to have this letter from someone named Straith that oh, validated what he said, we know that was, of course, Straith a hoax. Letter was bogus. Of course. We know it was bogus because it was done by Jim Mosley and Gray Barker during Correct. some kind of drunken Correct. stupor. All right, this comes as kind of a strange twist. You also know that Adamski, before he wrote the part of the book that discussed his contacts and flying saucers have landed, the second half of the book, that he had written a book some years earlier with a similar story, only it was Jesus Christ yes, in a spaceship a fictional, or something. A fictional, a fictional story, yes. A fictional that's, story, that's right. Correct, yeah. Well, do you think that tends to lend a little bit of suspicion no, on his other claims? I think it was a, a blend of truth and fiction. And I knew several of the witnesses who were there when the craft landed in, in, on November the 20th of 1952. And um, I can tell, tell you that Adamski was very well thought of in United States military circles. And he gave a lot of information, he passed a lot of information to um, at least one president, according to my information. Now, in 1998, I was invited to the Defense uh, Airborne Reconnaissance Office in the Pentagon by General Kenneth Israel, who was uh, then in charge. And um, I was, it was only a half-hour meeting, and he had several colleagues with him, but uh, he was very much in charge. And uh, then he opened up the debate, and I talked uh, um, about an event in Washington, outside Washington, in, in Silver Spring, Maryland, in 1965, when um, a, a craft was actually photographed, and, and I had given him a book in which several images taken from that uh, film are, are reproduced in the book. It was then called Beyond Top Secret. That was after, after well, well after Above Top Secret, and he looked at those pictures, and he indicated to me that they were absolutely genuine and that the incident did take place as described in the book, and he was not really in a position to make a fool of himself since he was in charge of quite a few uh, young people from all the military forces who, who were there at that meeting in, in the Defense Airborne Reconnaissance Office. So he took it very seriously. Well, I'll tell you one thing, though. 
I looked at the photos that George Adamski presented in Flying Saucers Have Landed. Yes. And, you know, it looked like GE light bulbs at the base of the UFO. No. It was one of the more thing. laughable <laughs> photos. Why would he do something like I, I that? I don't find any of them laughable. They've all been confirmed by, by my sources as being absolutely genuine. Well, the sources I've read, and they've been very public sources, such as the Adamski expose issue of Jim Mosley published back in the late 1950s, show that photo did not pass muster at all. Well, it's, it's funny that these craft um, have been photographed elsewhere by other people, some very clear pictures, not as clear as Adamski's. He took a lot of pictures of other craft as well, as I'm sure you're aware, through his various telescopes and some very, very clear photographs in some of the larger motherships and the smaller ones leaving them. Well, you know, I, I, I beg to differ on some of this because Ray Stanford, uh, who spent a considerable amount of time with him, both he and his twin brother Rex, Ray caught him red-handed in his little photo lab and had him actually show him how he got some of these objects to glow in... I, in, I in, would uh, find, the, yeah, I would find that... Very, very suspicious. Actually, I don't. I don't believe Adam Ski would have done that. He had a bucket of radium, <laughs> and, and Ray said that was the last time he ever went into that little uh, secret little photo studio because he didn't want to become irradiated. He was using radioactive paint actually to to make the famous shot of the mothership with the small glowing objects around it, it was actually done uh, using radium paint. Uh, that he got, I think, from an in-law who worked for a watch company. They look like, uh, if you're talking about the illuminated vehicles that appear near the motherships, are those the pictures you're talking about? Correct, the dark mothership with the smaller uh, uh, lit objects around it. He actually showed Rex and Ray how how he did that shot, according to Stanford. According to Stanford. Yeah. I don't think I ever met met them. I I certainly communicated with uh, one of the Stanford brothers. No, probably Ray. Uh, Rex has not allowed himself to be uh, associated with this field for many years. Right. He was, um, I think, uh, the head of the psychology chair out at St. John's. or mm-hmm. He was uh, quite a well-respected, uh, along with Stan- Stanley Krippner, a well-respected parapsychologist and uh, is now retired. But, boy, I'll tell you, he just will not talk to, to anybody about his earlier Escapades, uh, well, tracking had, down Daniel Fry. Didn't they, didn't they both have encounters, the Stanford brothers? They did when they were very young, yeah, when they were teenagers. Yes. Uh, yeah. Some pretty interesting stories. Uh, that didn't they have a, a witness uh, a landing of, um, uh, yeah, in uh, Padre Island, uh, near um, Corpus Christi, Texas? And Ray's gotten quite a number of films and photographs in the intervening years, I might add. Uh, very I'd impressive. Like to see those. But uh, one of the things that he did was befriend uh, many of the contactees in the 50s, Daniel Fry, George Hunt Williamson, Truman Bethram, and uh, really checked him out closely. And, uh, and he claims that he caught Adamski red-handed uh, in his, uh, photograph, uh, with his photographic uh, equipment setup. Well, it's news to me. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to agree to disagree about George Adamski. Chris and I well, don't buy it, you do. Let's move on. Because the original question, Tim, was about things that you accept as possibly genuine early on, but later you became skeptical. Is MJ-12 and the MJ-12 documents one of those examples? I I was the first to release the document, if you recall. And uh, 
Bill Moore released it uh, shortly afterwards in the United States. I released it in my book, uh, Above Top Secret, as you may well be aware. I, right. I think the document, and I've stated as much, and the book is probably fraudulent, but I think essentially uh, the information therein is is correct. So it's, it's somebody's done a job of, 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 of sort of, I don't know, getting the information and putting it out in such a way that some people might think that they're genuine documents. I, I don't think they're, they're legitimate documents. We myself. have Timothy Good joining Gene and Chris, and that means you're in the Paracast. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Good day, Jim Newcomer from Ice Resources. December 20th, 2013. Gold opened this morning at 1193.90. A one ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1237.96, 618.98 for a half ounce, or 309.49 for a quarter ounce. That's 1237.96, 618.98, and 309.49. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. American gardeners and fellow patriots make the right choice with your money, time, and your family food supply. Choose 100% pure heirloom seeds in the Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com. Why spend more? The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com is only $37.95 and includes 20 varieties of pure, hardy, easy-to-grow heirloom seeds. Yes, only $37.95. That's 70% less than our competitors. You could buy three Survival Seed Vaults for less than one of theirs. The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com includes detailed planting and seed saving instructions and ship same day plus all orders over $49 ship free mypatriotsupply.com is american owned by patriots like you passionate about freedom and preparedness call now 866-229-0927 that's 866-229-0927 or discover more emergency preparedness items when you order at mypatriotsupply.com choose the original choose the survival seed vault at mypatriotsupply.com 
It's no secret that silver is one of the oldest known natural antibiotics, but the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on big pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this truth dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888-213-4338. 888-213-4338. And talk to the patriots at utopiasilver.com, a leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins, and herbs. utopiasilver.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, we have Timothy Good, longtime UFO investigator. And obviously, we disagree with him about some things, but okay. The MJ-12, even if the information on those documents were accurate, why would you fake the documents? Wouldn't you then cast some kind of level of skepticism upon the whole thing? Well, I did when I published them. I was the first to publish them. Right. Have a look at Above Top Secret. You'll see it all there. Okay, but the point being here is, if the information is genuine, why not just get Real documents, if they exist, and prove it. Why create well, fake I, documents? I'd like to, I'd like to <laughs> get them for me. There must have, there must be some. Well, you know, Stan Friedman still believes it. Do you think he's gone? A bit I know, overboard? I know. He thinks those documents are, are absolutely real, but um, I, 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 I don't share that view. No, they might well have been copied and made up with one or two things. Uh, well, it's very artful disinformation, at the very least. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm just still reeling over the uh, the Italian guy and his German friend taking a uh, trip on a flying saucer. I mean, that lucky guys. Uh, now, were these aliens that uh, he was interacting with? Was this part of that famous case in the fifties uh, of the community of uh, of non humans uh, that was kind of living there? I think in where north, what it would be northeastern uh, Italy. Yes, if memory yes. serves me they, correct, they were there for they were there for some of them were there for decades, and they were they were having meetings with people from all all walks of life. Yeah, military guys, few politicians, scientists, um, people from from many different professions. And Stefano, I would have you know I would have put total faith in him. Sadly, as I say, he he died uh, about three years ago, but he was one of the most remarkable individuals I've I've ever met, and he had lengthy experiences. I think he only went once up in a craft, and he'd been a pilot, and he thought he he found it extremely boring. Um, the German pilot, who everything was being monitored allegedly by the aliens from from a distance in case anything went wrong. But they they took a, a flight from uh, Italy to Cairo and back, and um, Stefano was just sort of taking notes, and uh, he said it, he found it very boring. He much preferred flying airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> it goes too fast. <laughs> well, I wow, I don't know what to say to that. Uh, 
Boy, I'll tell you, I don't, you you sure find some pretty uh, interesting sounding people with interesting sounding experiences. I got to give you that, Tim. Okay. <laughs> but let's move on here. Okay. Now, obviously, and we return to the original story about hybrid aliens meaning us harm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is the most important story. It exceeds Obamacare. It exceeds the world economy. It's something that's going to change things overnight. So how do we actually prove it? Well, I can't unless I you know, dig up some of these alien guys and get them to, to spill the beans. Um, you, you can't prove it. They're not about to do that. And I have no idea if they're still around. I have no idea what the situation is now because we just don't get information in real time. At least I don't. You know, and this information is decades old in any case. But I do have a lot of information. And allegedly, according to my information, uh, that the, the, the alien hybridization process has succeeded to a certain point. I've got a lot of, lot of information, which I published in the last chapter of my book, a great deal of, of, of uh, information about them. Okay, so there is a human-alien hybrid. And it's mixing. I can tell you what I've been told is that that, that they they have this plan. It's a it's a hundred year plan starting in the nineteen forties. Uh, they have a hundred year plan um, to try and produce a hybridized species, the mixture of human and them these these critters. And um, I, what I can say is that relating to the alien hybridization process. What I've learned is that the wombs of their females are much smaller than those of humans, thus unable to accommodate transgenic fetuses for more than two months. Hence, human wombs were favored. Cross-species copulation was very seldom employed since the alien male organs were too soft. Thus, artificial insemination prevailed. The fetuses extracted prematurely after the two-month period were nurtured somehow until reaching term at seven months. In addition to their cross-breeding experiments, I was told, these aliens supposedly had experimented with various types of bacteria and viruses, which gave rise to concern. Though generally thinner and shorter and with somewhat larger heads and eyes, the hybridized men and women appeared human. Some of both sexes appeared well-formed, even good-looking. However, at that time anyway, I was told, they were unable to vocalize as we do, owing to underdeveloped tongues and larynxes. By way of food, they consumed nothing solid. Some of these hybrids lived in the aliens' bases on Earth, others elsewhere, including their own planets. Only a few lived among us. The aliens reckoned it would take around 100 years for them to infiltrate our planet. The theory being, based on what you're saying, Tim, is that over time, as they perfect this hybridization process, we have alien hybrids who would be visually, at least, indistinguishable from humans? That, that's the object of the exercise. Okay, so therefore, by but, another 20, 30 years, it comes to pass? Well, they, as I say, it started, they had a 100-year plan, uh, maximum, uh, starting in the 1940s. So, you know, it's, I don't know. Let's wait and see. Um, if well, you get any more information, which which I don't have, and all that information is is out of date anyway. Well, if they're trying to make the uh, the human race less violent, they're not doing a very good job. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Oh exactly. my. Exactly. Which is what I pointed out at pointed out sarcastically. Right. 
Well, what about the cattle mutilation phenomenon? I'm, I'm putting the finishing touches on the first real case history. Well, again, they, they require, um, obviously, something is, is required, um, materials uh, from, from uh, cattle and, and other animals. Perhaps so you, you agree with Linda Howe's uh, assertions that the single one-size-fits-all answer to that particular mystery is some sort of non-human intelligence that's, uh, you know, predating on cattle? Yeah. Huh. I don't know whether it's still going on. I, 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 the, the farmers sort of are less inclined to talk these days, so I'm told. So I've no idea. I don't know if you have any updates on that. You don't hear much about cattle mutilation, do you? These days? Oh yeah, I've got plenty. You I'm do. just finishing up. I'm finishing up a 500-page book on it. So oh, finally, great. somebody's. Oh, for heaven's sakes! Gosh, I'll be the first to buy a copy. Yeah, well, it's, I've been working on it since I met you 20 years ago, and and uh, it's it's looking at it as objectively and as from a objective, neutral place as possible without jumping to any, you know, firm conclusions, let the data yeah. kind of lead me. Some people are going to have uh, issues with that, I, I hope. But the subject, I think, is so compelling because of our ancient relationship with livestock, which I go into quite at length, mm-hmm. and uh, the practice of animal sacrifice and the fact that uh, cattle mutilations are only exclusively reported in Christianized countries, for instance, uh, there's a lot of interesting facts that nobody has really noticed. I think that I think it's going to turn a few heads. Once we're going to turn this head, <laughs> or turn this on its head. Tim Good joins Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Wishing you the brightest of Christmas seasons and best wishes for the new year from the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com an e-cig revolution is sweeping across the country. But is yours American-made? Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is. Manufactured in Arkansas with 100% USA-sourced ingredients. And when you buy American, you support local jobs. Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is top quality at an affordable price. The very principle that once drove the American economy. Get great taste with no ash, tar, or smoke. You'll be wondering why you didn't make the change to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig a long time ago. LaSig.com has everything you need for beginners to the advanced vaping enthusiast with a wide variety of hardware and also imported e-liquid flavors as well. Plus, LaSig smokes the competition with fast, free, same-day shipping, real people customer service, and a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Support our country and become a Vapriate at LaSig.com. 
or call 870-525-1440. 870-525-1440. Lasig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. To thank you for being a loyal listener, we have a limited time freebie offer for you. Claim your free heirloom tomato seeds, just pay shipping, right now at 123freeseeds.com. These aren't ordinary seeds. These are heirloom, non-genetically modified super seeds that are open pollinated and can be grown, harvested, and replanted endlessly. These survival seeds are actually more valuable than gold in a crisis. Go to 123freeseeds.com and you can get an airtight storage packet of 150 super seeds free while supplies last to say thank you for being a loyal listener. First come, first served. Just cover shipping. Go to 123freeseeds.com now to see if your free heirloom seeds are still available. That's 123freeseeds.com. A healthy digestive system supports a healthy immune system. And a healthy immune system protects you against infections and disease. Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse, available at Terraganics.com, is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM1 is a powerful liquid probiotic and is gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM1 contains three groups of beneficial microbes and enzymes to cleanse and remove toxins, supports weight loss, improves absorption of food nutrients, and aids in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, is non-GMO, has all natural certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is never freeze-dried. Pro-EM1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM1, the raw probiotic. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. On the Paracast with Gene Steinberg and Chris O'Brien, and Timothy Good joins us, written above Top Secret and other books. Now, the book that Chris is working on is called Stalking the Herd. We're currently looking at the layout and design of the book going to look really good, really elegant when you get a copy. But Chris, your conclusion here is that it's not an ET-related phenomenon, cattle mutilations, right? Well, I, I would probably have that at the bottom of my list, yeah. Um, I, I think there's a lot more going on that's much more homespun. I think there's uh, some very serious uh, environmental monitoring going on. Mm-hmm. I think that there's um, a real concern within big agro about the potential spread of prion disease in the food chain. I think that's a motivating factor. I think the body of evidence that uh, once you put all these databases together, the body of evidence really suggests that there's multiple groups uh, involved, that this is not an easy one-size-fits-all answer uh, to this mystery, that it's highly complicated. Uh, There's probably Mm -hmm. multiple groups piggybacking agendas on top of one another. I can't factor the alien, uh, the extraterrestrial hypothesis in, in regards to this this mystery i can't factor it out but like i said it would be the least likely one that i would factor in okay but we'll see <laughs> i'll just let everybody come to their own conclusions because uh, i'll tell you there's a lot of information there's 
Those areas of high incidence that feature Bigfoot before uh, mutilation start. The proximity around uh, nuclear materials, uranium mines, uh, power plants, mm-hmm. missile bases. Over 80 mutilations occurred within the Malmstrom uh, missile fields in the yeah. mid to late 70s, for instance. Warren Air Force Base off it. I, I mean, the list of, of bases. Mm-hmm. I mean, one right outside, literally within sight of the door of NORAD's entrance into Cheyenne Mountain. That's right. Uh, it, it's it's an amazing, complicated subject, and uh, I again, uh, it's to the efforts. Ne- a lot of missiles were neutralized too at one stage. I'm sure you recall all that. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't say a lot, but yeah, there were definitely some shutdowns, including as recently as 2010, according to Robert Hastings. Robert Hastings has written an excellent book, as you know. I know <laughs> I've, I've, I've talked about it with him. Yep, he lives in the San Luis Valley now. Yes, he does. Yeah, in a very remote part of it, I believe. Well, he's up north uh, with a bird's eye view of the entire uh, southern three quarters okay. of the valley. Yeah, beautiful spot, beautiful spot. Well, I again, I'm uh, you know, I'm I'm jealous. I I, I want to take a ride on a spaceship, Gene. I, man, that would be the thrill of a lifetime, boy. I'd make all this worthwhile. Yeah. Yes, me too, Chris. I'd but look it. at it this way: What if ET decided to create a hybrid version of Chris O'Brien? That would be the biggest nightmare of all, other than making a hybrid version of me. Making a hybrid version of Timothy Good, on the other hand, never be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, two of me running around, that's a scary thought. Well, maybe that's what's going on in this TV show, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where Agent Coulson was killed in the movie The Avengers, but now he seems to be alive, so what's going on? I don't know, but uh, speaking of new uh, new shows, or what? Anybody see that new show with uh, Daryl and Mike Mike Barra, uh, Maureen Ellsbury, I think, and uh, isn't um, what the heck who 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 else, who else is in that? Gene, did you see that that show? Which show is this? It was on Sunday night. Called it's like the latest chasing UFO show. Uh, Daryl Sims, I believe, is in it. Uh, Mike Barra, Maureen Ellsbury, down from the Open Minds crew. You know what? I never watched those shows for one reason. After Chasing UFOs, I was jaded. (laughs) In fact, they should have a new show called Jaded UFOs for people who are sick of the whole thing, especially the reality shows. Yeah. So, no, I didn't. I didn't at all. Okay. I was just checking. I haven't heard any feedback from it, so I'm not sure if that's a good thing. or It was just on Sunday. But uh, we, we are getting off topic here. Okay, we don't want to get too far off topic, but let me get started with something else, which our listeners might want to know about Timothy Good. Have you experienced anything unusual personally? You seem to have access to all sorts of information. We can argue how authentic that information might be. But have you had a UFO or other paranormal-type encounter? I've never seen a UFO up close. My sightings occur like once every 15 years, and it's usually a dot of something in the sky. So... I've I've not seen a UFO close up. However, I have had three encounters with people I believe were aliens. And the first was in 1963 when I was touring the United States with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Um, it wasn't long after Kennedy's assassination. We were driving from uh, Tucson 
to Los Angeles was about 520 miles, I think, in, in, in a convoy of three Greyhound-type coaches. And they kindly gave us one hour break on that 520-mile trip to get some food. And we, we, we pulled in at a diner and everything, and we were there for one hour. And I, I saw somebody waiting in line who immediately alerted my attention. And this was a very petite, very attractive woman. There's something extraordinarily alert about her. And so in my mind, I sent her a telepathic message. If you're from elsewhere, is there any way you can walk by my table and prove it? Well, I was with three other colleagues who were sitting on sharing a table, eating our food. And after she'd got through the line, she made a point of coming past me, gave a fantastically low, gracious bow, smiled sweetly, and then walked walked away. Was that convincing? Well, it was, I mean, even my colleagues thought it was unusual, and, you know, they wanted, what's that, what's that all about, Tim, sort of thing, you know. But more convincing was in 1967, when I was working with another orchestra, Carnegie Hall, this time of the London Symphony Orchestra, and one afternoon, I, I thought I'd just sit down quietly in the lobby of the Park Sheraton Hotel, as it was then called, and I, I sent out some telepathic thoughts. Any of you guys in the New York area, could you come down, to whatever, um, sit down next to me and prove it? So about half an hour or so went by, and finally a man comes in, immaculately dressed, about five foot ten, pale olive complexion, very cool, calm, and collected looking, absolutely immaculate, uh, his clothing and everything, and he looked at me quite seriously, then he came and sat down beside me. So I thought, right, I'm going to ask him something telepathically. So in my mind, I said, if you're the guy I'm looking for, would you take your right index finger and hold it to the right side of your nose and keep it there? And no sooner had I thought that, and he did exactly that, and he kept his finger on the right side of his nose for not that long a time. But uh, And then people say, why don't you talk to them? Well, I didn't, and I didn't feel it was appropriate. I thought if he'd wanted to talk, he could have spoken, but he didn't. And eventually he just walked out into 7th Avenue, and I never saw him again. Cut to about nine years ago, which was my last encounter, I was the guest of honor, um, the speaker, at a prestigious debating salon in Wrocław in Poland. And it was the first time that the subject of UFOs had been brought up, and I, uh, there was a lot of controversy about it. This is, I say, a very prestigious debating salon. There were people there, retired politicians, military guys, military pilots, um, professors from universities, retired, some some still working, people from all walks of life, about, about, about 70, 75 in, in, the, in the audience. And I was the guest of honor, and I gave my presentation with slides. And then I noticed throughout the evening, because it was quite a long evening, it started at 7 and ended at just after 11 o'clock, but I only had to speak for 35 minutes with slides and so forth. And I noticed this guy sitting not that far away from me, uh, immaculately dressed, similar in some respects to the guy I'd seen in New York in 1967. And I tried a bit of telepathy. There was no, absolutely no response whatsoever. But um, I then, in the interval, people say, Tim, why don't you uh, take some, try and get some photographs of these guys you say you're having encounters with? So I, I actually tried. So he tried, but we got to try this first. Tim Good joins Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. 
to yours. Have a very Merry Christmas. We are the Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pillow. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. Or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Hello, it's Tom Chenault from The Tom Chenault Show. We are experts in home-based business and residual income. We show people how to make money from their home, either part-time or full-time. And in partnership with Genesis Communication Network, we've organized a team to fight back about people not having money, time, or health and we need your help. What we want you to do is if you've got an interest in building an organization to fight back against people taking our money, taking our time, and taking our health, we want to talk to you. All you need to do is call this number, 855-308-8326. Again, 
All you want to do is call 855-308-8326. You can make a tremendous amount of money and end up fighting for a great cause. Please call us right now. is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. So Timothy Good tells Gene and Chris he actually tried to take photographs of these strange people that he met. What happened? Yeah. Well, I started taking a photograph in, in, in three parts because it was a it was a large room and um, I had then a Minox camera, I, you know, just a pocket type camera. I didn't use my large camera. I didn't want to be too obvious, and I just I took two photographs on the right side. People were just coming back from the break, and then the central section. And, and then I was about to take a picture of the area where he was sitting when a voice came out from nowhere, a huge booming voice came out from the back of the room saying, the speaker's not allowed to take photographs. And I, I couldn't see who'd, who'd said that or anything, so I thought, oh, oh okay, and I just, I just apologized to whoever or whatever. Anyway, cut to the end of the, the whole proceedings, because people could sort of stand up and make comments about this and that relating to the subject. They could talk for, about, I think, up to about six, seven minutes, something like that. The last person to speak was this guy who I'd had my eye on. And the subject of his presentation was Earth's future in space. Naturally, I was all ears and eyes. And that was the end of the presentation. And he walked slowly towards me afterwards. He's obviously going to pass by where, where I was. I went to shake his hand. He shook my hand, but, but there was no strength to it at all. It was complete limp handshake. And he looked at me completely unblinking like a zombie. He did not answer my question. I, 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 I said to him, I think you have a great deal of knowledge. He said, absolutely nothing. And it was a very, I mean, it was a completely wet handshake. Nothing, no, no, no grip of, of any sort whatsoever. I gave him my business card and then he just walked away. Fast forward five minutes. I was meeting my friends because they were taking me back to, to this hotel in a, in a lovely old uh, converted castle um, outside Wrocław uh, in Poland. And I said, who is that guy that was the last person to speak? He said, oh, he's very interesting. He always has something very interesting to say because my, my, my people who were putting me up in the hotel went to these monthly debates um, regularly. And they said, oh, he's, very, he's always got something very interesting to say. I said, yes. Um, what, is, what did he actually talk about? And they said, oh, yes, it was about Earth's future in space. I said, yes. But what did he say? None of us. There was about a group of 10 of us could remember anything about what he'd, he'd said, even though we, re we recalled it at the time. Now, this was absolutely bizarre. Um, I to, to, to cut a long story short, I tried to get an audio. The, the, the speaker is supposed by contract to have photographs of the event, including the audience, supposed to get uh, um, audio tape of the presentation um, of all the, all the speakers, everything. I got nothing. I could get nothing. I couldn't get any photographs that were taken there. And there was a professional photographer there. I could get nothing. Nobody could remember what this guy had said. 
I could not get in touch with anybody who was organizing the debate. So it remains a complete mystery. I shall, I shall never get to the bottom of it, probably. But that's, that's exactly what happened. Do you think we're talking about some kind of mind control here? Definitely. I think we were all influenced in some way to just just take that story out of our minds for the time being, and it was just uh, imparted subliminally. Well, is it possible then that the entire thing was a phantom or a f- something that was a fantasy? <laughs> it was very real, that believe really, you me. You know it's real, but you don't remember it fully. I remember meeting him very, very well in, in, in all detail. The only thing I don't remember is what he said, and neither did, any, did anybody else uh, of my, my, my party around about 10 people. <laughs> that is quite bizarre. My goodness. I, you know, when you started talking about a small, diminutive, good-looking woman in 63 in Tucson, I immediately thought of, of Truman Bethram and, and Aura Rains. Oh, yes. It almost sounds like you met Aura Rains because wasn't she around that area in the early 60s? She was, but she had she had uh, dark hair and uh, brown eyes, as, as I recall. I could Aura Rains, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that story. Maybe she dyed her hair before she met you. <laughs> she could have been wearing I, a wig. I think that was way before 1963, wasn't it? What do you think? Was it in the late 50s, I think? <laughs> it was a, I think it was the late 50s, or maybe early yeah. 50s, now that I'm thinking about it. I have yeah. a signed Truman Bethlehem aboard a flying saucer. I have a copy of the book, and mm-hmm. I've always uh, had my eyes open for the, the entire book of rhyming couplets that he wrote in, in, in his passion for Aura Reigns. He wrote an entire book of rhyming couplets. A separate no. book, obviously. Pardon me? A separate book, quite, quite apart yes, from... Yes, yes. This was just a, a tribute to her uh, from uh, a starstruck <laughs> admirer. <laughs> but you, that, that you know, sometime. a fast question occurs to me as you were talking, Chris. Mm-hmm. Could Aura Reigns have been some kind of metaphor for an affair he did have, but he couches it in this meeting up with E.T. story to maybe take away suspicion from the real cheating that he was doing? You know, I, having never met the man, uh, I, uh, obviously I can't say, but, but Ray Stanford spent a considerable amount of time with him, and he said out of all the contactees, that was the one case that he always felt had the most chance of being real because of, of the primary experience or Bethram and, and his, uh, his genuine uh, feelings that he, he appeared to, to have for this uh, Small little what she, she would think she was four or five or something tiny little thing who was the captain of this big huge flying saucer that landed out in the desert and also uh, she had a piece of jewelry made for him which uh, not many people know about that uh, Ray told me the story of this particular uh, piece of jewelry and uh, it's it's pretty interesting um, again you have to take all these stories uh, <laughs> some of them are more apocryphal than others and you have to take them with a grain of salt but. But uh, I don't know, Tim. Uh, maybe Aura Reigns did come back, and you uh, saw her in uh, in line there. She came over and gave you a bow. I love that. It's a great little touch. Yeah, curtsy actually. It was fantastic. Oh, she curtsy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and very low, mind you. She wasn't. She was. Gosh, she was certainly no more than five foot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It could have been Linda Howe. She's she was kind of small and petite back then. <laughs> I don't see Linda doing curtsies, so I don't think that would be her style. <laughs> well, Tim, we have uh, some questions from uh, our listeners uh, that we get 
them to post on our forum at forum.theparacast.com. And uh, I do have a couple of of questions here. Uh, This one comes from Blowfish, who's one of our our real diligent posters, and he's always asking good questions. He kind of wants a sense of what you've learned over the years. He says, what's your overall feeling of the UFO subject now? And what, what are the main lessons that you've learned from this field from when you first started out? Has, has anything changed in your thinking, or has it become more entrenched, or are you more alarmed now? Uh, give us a sense of how your process has evolved. What I've learned over the years is that there are, there are different types of aliens that uh, I would say thousands of people on this planet have had uh, contacts Probably hundreds have actually had uh, communications on board craft, been taken on board craft. It certainly never happened to me. It's never been offered. I've never seen a craft even close up, to the best of my knowledge. But um, there are definitely aliens um, living among us that I'm, I'm absolutely sure. Um, I've described some of the experiences, um, I've, or just about all of the experiences I, I've had. Um, since 1963. I've never seen a craft close up, unfortunately, but uh, and I, I certainly haven't seen any, any of the, of the, the, the so-called grey species, any of those. But uh, it, is a very, it seems to be a very challenging um, situation to know exactly what's going on, and that I find extremely frustrating. It's a, it's, it's a very complex, very very complex subject, but I'm, I'm satisfied that some of them do have our best interests at heart, and they have given us a tremendous amount of information to advance our technology and our understanding of Earth and the universe. Well, well, you know, you have been at this for quite some time, and uh, it's just it's just a, never ceases to amaze me some of the stories that uh, over the years come out and. Uh, You've been a lightning rod for quite a number of them over the years, and uh, <laughs> some pretty eye-opening claims. This one comes from uh, Ufology, who has a really interesting UFO organization in Calgary, uh, Alberta. And it's kind of a long question, but but basically he's asking, where do you draw the line between being personally convinced that alien visitation in general is true, and more specific claims, um, such as where they're from, why they're here, theories on government infiltration, location of bases, them walking around among us. In other words, where do you draw the line between what you're told and what you accept as being true and real? Before we have the answer to that question with Timothy Good, joining Gene and Chris, it means you're in the Paracast. Wishing you the brightest of Christmas seasons and best wishes for the new year from the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, 
this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. It's that time of year again, and you know what that means. Cold and flu season. <coughs> but don't worry. HerbalHealer.com has you and your loved ones covered with our safe and natural products. Cold and flu fighters like beta-glucans, olive leaf antiviral capsules, grapefruit seed extract, HHA four-herb capsules, elderberry power, and respirate. And don't forget about oregacillin for the lungs, normally $34.95, on sale now for only $25. Vitamin D3 120-count soft gels, only $9. Whole body and homeopathic detoxes for the lungs, kidneys, liver, lymph, and brain. Normally $26.95, now just $20. Herbalhealer.com also offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Visit Herbalhealer.com and click the Winter Specials button to save on our natural cold and flu-fighting products. Herbalhealer.com, healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Our final four segments of the Paracast, we're talking with Timothy Good, who has been a professional musician, a violinist, working with very famous artists, written some UFO-related books, the most recent of which is called Earth, an Alien Enterprise. Tim, you were asked a rather involved question from one of our regular listeners and posters, Ufology. We all call him by his real name, Randall. What's your response? Well, I think uh, he asked me, could you repeat the um, his, his question again from his... Well, basically, just... it's, it's where you draw the line of acceptance from some of the stories that you've been told versus what you personally believe to be true. And how do you draw that line? It, it depends. Um, it's essential to meet, to meet witnesses. And uh, I draw the line sometimes extremely rapidly after five minutes interviewing uh, witnesses who are making various claims. There are a lot of charlatans out there. As I'm sure you all you all accept, and even even identifying unidentified objects. I mean, it's so easy to mistake all sorts of objects we see in the sky um, for for genuine flying saucers and spaceships and things. But uh, it has been done, and I'm convinced that, that many photographs that have been taken are, are absolutely legitimate. It's it's sometimes extremely frustrating getting getting the proof for for a lot of these claims and a lot of a lot of claimants unfortunately um, they either exaggerate or they they want to they want to make themselves famous or I don't know but there's a lot of char- there are a lot of charlatans in this business unfortunately probably less so nowadays than than, than in the early days but they're, they're still around. Boy, I'll say. <laughs> Are you familiar with uh, a YouTube show by these two twin brothers that uh, boasts uh, all this footage that's uh, supposedly real and touted as real, which obviously is is uh, character generation, Photoshop, uh, After Effects, those sorts of uh, 
you know, desktop uh, video artifact creation. Well, there's, uh, there's a lot of that. I mean, you can do anything now. I mean, you know, anything can be can be fabricated now nowadays, can't, can't it? So what's your litmus test for accepting well, for particular evidence as real? You'd need to be qualified. I mean, you need people, for example, to study individual negatives and or slides or, or whatever it is, video material. There's just so much nonsense. But with Photoshop, anything, anything can get by, and and people will find it very, very convincing. Unfortunately, that's you know the 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 way things have have moved now. Why do you think people are generally so gullible, and they 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 don't have uh, the powers of gullible? They just want to make make us look make make people look stupid by believing them. You know that 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 comes into it a lot. I think. Well, I think there's a lot of very undiscriminating, uh, not up to speed folks out there that'll believe anything that comes comes down the pike that that fits into their preconceived notions. Yeah, because a lot of that as well. Mm-hmm. Well, here here's some more questions. Uh, this one comes from um, Vesvi High Folk, who's now joined the 1000 Post Club here at forum.theparacast.com. And he wants to know what you consider to be the best case uh, for alien visitation. Now, we were discussing this case in in Italy. Are there any others that really uh, impress you more than others? Well, there was a case dating back to 1963 when um, a dear friend of mine, a lady, was doing a survey, a market research survey in not Sheffield, but not far from Sheffield in cent- in central in- England in, in a, a rather a beautiful um, remote type park area. Lots of hills around and rocks and stuff. And um, she'd, she'd got some food and she was just sitting out and waiting outside from her car and, and having a sandwich and stuff. And suddenly she saw this flying saucer actually land below her landed and somebody got out and as somebody got out of the craft a human looking person got out of the craft another guy drew up in a car and came running down into the valley and they greeted each other and uh, the guy from the spacecraft turned around and waved at the ship the ship took off at very very high speed and then they went in a car and it turned out to cut a long story short, that my friend actually found out where they'd gone back to, to the house. She was invited in, and she, these, one of the guys said that he was from elsewhere, gave her a lot of information, and she befriended him over a, a long period. There were, there were two of them she got to know. And this is a, a very down-to-earth lady. You know, market research was her speciality. Uh, very cynical about life in general at the time. And um, the meetings went on. She had many meetings with them, with other people present. She learned a great deal of of information about these particular very human-appearing aliens. And they gave her, as I say, a lot of information. And that was one of the more convincing cases. But I knew her for years. Unfortunately, I didn't see any of her aliens, but um, she was very, very convincing. Did John Altshuler ever tell you uh, about attending a, a conference, a UFO conference in the, I think the early 90s, maybe 89 or 90, down in Miami, if I remember. And uh, by the time he got there, he got there late. Evidently, they had uh, run out of room. So a guy who was there checking in said, I'd be happy to share my room with you. So John shared a room with this guy. He really didn't have any options at that hotel. 
And he claims that at one point, I think, uh, either was it at night or in the morning, um, he was asleep and he woke up and he happened to look and he could see the guy through the bathroom door putting, taking out or putting in human-looking contacts. And he turned and looked at John, who was still lying in bed, and he had vertical slit uh, pupils. And... John, this is not the TV show V, is it? <laughs> no, but <laughs> no. John said that he never got out of a place. Uh, he didn't attend the conference. He did not pass go. He did not collect two hundred dollars. He got the heck out of Dodge. <laughs> he never told me that. I wish he. I wish he told me that. Yeah, he said that was the weirdest experience he ever personally had in his life. That was the one that interesting that took the cake. I've I've run into some aliens too here in Arizona, but they're all just. Uh, of uh, Hispanic heritage. <laughs> I don't tend to run into the off-planet types. Well, that leads me to a question, Tim. What do you think about uh, the work of Henry Stevens, Joseph Farrell, people who have done quite a bit of digging into the state-of-the-art of human technology, uh, going all the way back to the Germans in the 20s and 30s? Do you place any sort of credence in I don't know. Tell me those names again. They're not well, familiar it, to me. Well, Henry Sorry. Stevens, of course, uh, who wrote about, and, and Ronaldo, who, who wrote um, about Nazi flying saucers, and Joseph Farrell, who has written quite a number of books uh, looking at the financial records of certain uh, people involved with Operation Paperclip and, mm-hmm. you know, Ger- um, Reinhard uh, Galen and, and others. Yeah. Uh, do you put any sort of stock in the uh, United States and the Allies appropriating exotic uh, technology at the end of World War II? Do you have any? Oh yes, sense? I think the Germans were in on it quite quite early. Myself, I think there's a lot, a lot of evidence for that. Uh-huh. Have you have you ever really dug into the uh, the Nazi saucer uh, man-made technology? No, uh, I've got several books on, but I, I have not gone into it in great depth. I'm, I'm suspicious of of quite a few books that I have I have read. Mm-hmm. But um, who knows? Yeah, because I've, I've always thought that uh, Valet, really, Jacques Valet, of course, was on the right track by by mentioning that this is a, a really fertile ground and, and a very, very uh, the high potential for societal manipulation uh, with the flying saucer images and, and, and information about aliens. Uh, how can the average person wade through the morass of this field without the kind of education the three of us have in the field and and, and really make sense of all this? Uh, With difficulty is the answer to that. (laughs) The short answer is you don't. (laughs) Now, in case you're wondering how to ask questions of our guests, it's very simple. Whenever we book a guest far enough in advance for it to make sense, we post something in the question bank located at forum.theparacast.com. That's forum.theparacast.com. Our guest is Timothy Good, joining us for the second time over the years on the Paracast. And that means with Gene and Chris, you must be in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, 
head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. In the U.S., one in every 50 homes will have a break-in this year. Burglars call it smash and grab. Police call it robbery. We call it avoidable. We are Fake TV, a simple electronic device that can fool even professional burglars. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet and simulates the changing colors of a television. To a burglar, it looks like someone must be home watching TV, so they'll likely move on to an easier target. At only $34.95, Fake TV costs less than a month of most alarm monitoring plans and makes a great Christmas gift, or it's perfect if you're traveling over the holidays. Order your Fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. Hi, my name is Annette, and due to menopause symptoms for nearly two years, I suffered severe hot flashes, which prevented me from sleeping all night. It was so hard to work because it continued all day to have the hot flashes from hell. I was exhausted and depleted. After only three weeks on One World Way, I have no hot flashes, and I'm sleeping normally again. I feel energized and strong. This is an amazing product. It is a little-known fact that every single cell of your body is supposed to produce 10% of its protein content as glutathione. But due to toxicity and aging, it does not. Could glutathione be a missing factor in optimal cell function for your entire body? If you restore the optimal glutathione levels in your cells, especially your glands and organs, then as a result, your glands and organs work better. Imagine the quality of life improvement you might have. To order One World Way, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. 
Chris is not bringing out his inner gray there. But I wanted to ask you, Timothy Good, in all your research, you say that we have several alien races visiting us. From where? Where do they come from? Good question. I, I have a feeling that, that some of them actually come from this planet and that they've had bases on here for a very, very long time. Others quite obviously come from elsewhere, either on, on moons of, of various planets in our solar system or even maybe on some of the planets. We don't know everything. I don't think we're told everything. Um, for example, some have suggested, Paul LaViolette, for example, has written an excellent book. And he suggests that um, NASA is the cover for United States Air Force Space Command. And in um, one of his books, he's written that a lot of these craft are actually... Um, the, the United States Air Force Space Command has its own fleet of of, um, of transporter craft, all sorts of things, and that they've been going, going to and from the moon for, for decades. So a lot of what we're told isn't, isn't actually factually accurate. Okay, so you're talking about the so-called secret space program, that NASA yes. is the public relations arm. It does yes. a few half-hearted it's efforts, and it's then like, the real yes, thing is exactly. happening behind the scenes. Yes, precisely. Okay, so we've gone to the moon. Is this an alien craft that we've gotten from E.T.? I don't know. But so certainly United States Air Force Space Command have have um, uh, shuttle fleets going to and from the moon and perhaps further afield. According to Paul LaViolette, who, who is a physicist, he's, he's written a very good book. Where are they taking off from? Is there a base on Earth that they take Apparently off Apparently they have trips? a base in the, in the mid-Pacific, U.S. Air Force Space Command. This is not something that we could readily prove. Uh, I, I think it might be difficult. You can spend a lot of time on Google Earth. <laughs> Looking at the bottom, because they have Google Earth under, under, on, under the ocean now, I believe, don't they? I, I, honestly, I, I don't know, but uh, that would be fascinating. <laughs> okay, so I you're talking here... Tim Good about the fact that some of these alien beings have been here for an awful long time, but they're still not from here. Is um, that correct? Did you say they're still not not from here? Did you did you say I, did, I missed what you were saying? Okay, Sorry. all right. You're saying that some of these visitors have been here for a long time. So correct. when we see them, they're not coming from another world to us. They already have bases here. Well, I would say both. I think they, they certainly do have bases here already, uh, but, you know, they're coming and going. And uh, from what I gather, space flight in their types of craft is, is virtually instantaneous. Uh, phenomenal technology. You mean like warp drive? Whatever. Wormholes. I know nothing about wormholes, but <laughs> maybe they make use of them. I don't know. Or they use stargates. That's instantaneous. <laughs> I don't know. But you never consider the possibility that there is some sort of breakaway civilization or another race of people who are from Earth as much as we are. Mm -hmm. They have developed an advanced technology, but for whatever reason, except at higher levels, they never communicate with us at all. 
Well, it's not always at high levels. I mean, in the Amicizia case, which I've, I've written about, it's a very, very complex uh, scenario, the whole thing about the Italian Amicizia case. But, I mean, it goes back to the 1950s. And uh, even in, in more recent years, you know, there, there's still some sort of activity going on with these guys who are communicating with dozens of people from all walks of life uh, in Italy and in other countries, apparently. Yeah. Well, if you're talking about uh, an entire space fleet, then there's a chance that what Gary McKinnon stumbled on back yeah. in the 90s may actually yeah, be he, uh, be real information. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a friend. I, I, I respect what he says. And uh, he saw, as you know, um, something that looked like a large, huge mothership on a screen, one of the screens that he hacked into. Yeah, all with a 64, a Commodore 64 and a dial-up modem, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yes. Uh, so he, he found out quite a lot of, lot of information. Well, why you, Timothy Good? Why are you somehow attracting these uh, sources and uh, cultivating uh, relationships with people that are in the classified world and claim to have this, uh, this quite amazing, uh, stories and knowledge. Uh, what do you think has happened in your professional life that has allowed these people, the, uh, motivation and the trust to come forward and, and speak with you other than the people that you've known for quite some time that you mentioned earlier, these new sources that come out every now and then, what, what is it about you? Uh, is, it, is it something that you can I put in a know. bottle I'm not, of I'm workshops? Not, I'm not, I'm I love people used. that come to me and say these things. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's, it's not unique, and it's, it's very occasional, you know. I don't, I don't get these tidbits of information every day. Years, right. can go, years can go by before I get anything really helpful. I'll just a hint here and there. Yeah. So I don't know everything that's going on by any means. Well, here's one that I know that you have dug into, and this involves the claim that Dwight Eisenhower allegedly met with aliens at Holloman Air Force Base. And this question comes from SRL, who is uh, one of our posters at forum.theparacast.com. Mm -hmm. And he goes, Mr. Good, can you offer any insight as to the physical description of the aliens that Eisenhower met at Holloman or at Edwards Air Force Base? Uh, no. Information has been given in um, other. This was in this was in in 1955 at Holloman Air Force Base. Uh, uh, originally, um, he, he this was at the height of the um, war of words with uh, the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union was starting to explode hydrogen bombs, and so were the Americans. And uh, everything was in a, in a dire state uh, at, at which time. Eisenhower said he needed a holiday and he was going quail hunting in Georgia. In fact, that was the cover story for, uh, he got to, he did go to Georgia, but uh, pretty soon he went back into Air Force One and he was taken to, to Holloman for an arranged meeting with an extraterrestrial or several, I don't know. No information has been forthcoming about what he learned and, and no photographs have been released at, at any rate, but he did enter into their craft and I think he was there for some 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and he was given a lot of information. And uh, we don't know more than that. 
that a lot of people did actually witness the, the alien vehicle when it landed and when it took off. A lot of uh, military guys um, at Holloman did, did witness that. That was in 1955. In 1954, Eisenhower had at least two meetings um, um, at uh, what was then called Muroc Airfield, uh, uh, Edwards Air Force Base now. And um, on another occasion, um, he, Eisenhower had three meetings in 1954 at uh, two Air Force bases. We'll go into more um, of meetings by presidents with yes. them. Okay. With Timothy I, Good, join. I got to do the break. Timothy Good okay. joins Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> family to yours. Have a very Merry Christmas. We are the Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com To thank you for being a loyal listener, we have a limited-time freebie offer for you. Claim your free heirloom tomato seeds, just pay shipping, right now at 123freeseeds.com. These aren't ordinary seeds. These are heirloom, non-genetically modified super seeds that are open-pollinated and can be grown, harvested, and replanted endlessly. These survival seeds are actually more valuable than gold in a crisis. Go to 123freeseeds.com and you can get an airtight storage packet of 150 super seeds free while supplies last to say thank you for being a loyal listener. First come, first served. Just cover shipping. Go to 123freeseeds.com now to see if your free heirloom seeds are still available. That's 123freeseeds.com. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah, buying them another sweater, game, or other holiday gift they didn't need was nice. But this season, why not take the easy road, the safer road, and the smarter road? Get those you love something they do need. Give the gift of preparedness with Freeze-Dry Guy gift cards. Since 1970, the veteran-owned Freeze-Dry Guy has been your trusted source for emergency preparedness with easy-to-make, delicious freeze-dried foods and dehydrated foods. These long-lasting foods are lifesavers, which come with added comfort, confidence, and convenience, perfect for any power outage, natural disaster, political crisis, or emergency at home, such as job loss or illness. Call Freeze-Dry Guy now at 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD or log on to freeze-dryguy.com. 
You can't predict what's going to happen to your loved ones, but when it does, you can have them ready with gift cards from freezedryguy.com. A healthy digestive system supports a healthy immune system. And a healthy immune system protects you against infections and disease. Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse, available at Terraganics.com, is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM1 is a powerful liquid probiotic and is gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM1 contains three groups of beneficial microbes and enzymes to cleanse and remove toxins, supports weight loss, improves absorption of food nutrients, and aids in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, is non-GMO, has all natural certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is never freeze-dried. Pro-EM1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM1, the raw probiotic. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, can we prove that President Eisenhower, as has been rumored, met up with E.T. on three occasions, is it? Um, well, I, I'm aware of three occasions. It's quite possible there were, there were others, but I don't, I don't know more than that. So were these the good ETs or the bad ETs? We hope the good ones. I don't know. I would think the good ones because nothing, nothing harmful came came off from the meetings, as far as I know. Yeah, I think I think they were described as the big nose orange guys or something. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. They had wrinkled foreheads, no large noses. No description or... has been forthcoming. Huh. Aren't you glad that that's a horrible pun? That we still have a few more questions from our listeners to ask, Chris. Sure. Well, this one again comes from Randall up in Calgary, and um, I think he's fascinated by your esteemed career as a musician, and he wants to know if you've ever had the opportunity to discuss UFOs with other musicians, and if so, can you share any stories and tell us what high point for you was in there, was in your musical career? Is this follow-up question? Honestly, I, I, I wouldn't know where to start. I mean, I, I discuss, uh, I've discussed my own experiences with, with those who are interested, and I discuss the subject in general um, with people. But uh, oh, Robbie Williams uh, has been out there alien sleuthing. Uh, of course, Reg Presley for many years was interested mm-hmm. in, in the subject in crop circles as well. We had Colin Andrews on just a number of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. he spoke very, very still, fondly of... Is he still of, living in the East, East Coast? Yes, he is. He's he's in Connecticut, correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 doing well. He sounded good. I was like Colin. Uh, it was my first chance to really uh, talk with him at length. But he did mention that uh, there there have been musicians. I think David Bowie, John Lennon, others. Uh, the Moody Blues, Justin Hayward, I think, uh, claimed to have had sightings. There have been a number of English musicians over the years that have claimed this. Uh, have you ever had a chance to talk to? To any of these guys, uh, I, I I haven't really no, because nothing really dramatically. Inter- I mean, Reg Presley, I got to know. So he was a nice guy. I can't even recall if he had any experiences himself, but he's very interested in the the the, um, 
crop field circles and things like that. He wrote a book about it some years back. Don't know how well it sold. He died a few years ago, as you know. But yeah. also, when we talk about show business people, and obviously John Lennon had seen a UFO with his then-girlfriend, May Pang, uh, whom he dated between marrying Yoko Ono, breaking up with mm-hmm. her briefly, and then getting back together with her. We understand, like, Tommy James of Tommy James and the Shondells was very interested in UFOs. And what was the name of that fellow? I can't think of his name. Worked with a hard rock band. Oh, right. Just a couple of weeks ago, some guy came forward. uh, Some musician claimed he was abducted out in the desert or something. Sammy Hagar was abducted. He worked briefly. (laughs) Never heard of him. Sorry. You never heard of Sammy Hagar? No. Ah, he replaced David Lee Roth in a certain rock and roll band. Okay. So you never heard of him. Yeah, he's one of these... I, I mean, I couldn't recognize a Sammy Hagar recording at all. Yeah, I do. I, I, I don't like to drive 55. Yeah, that was his one major hit as a solo artist, but he was in the rock band, Tim uh, Van Halen. He became the singer during the 90s and okay. came out. Uh, well, he's come out with a couple of things. He's come out with a very good tequila called Cabo Wabo. <laughs> and he also... Um, came out of the closet and claimed a couple of years back that he had had uh, an up close and personal uh, abduction experience. And, uh, and he's serious about it. You know, people of course yeah. thought maybe he was just having fun with it, but, uh, he said, no, I'm serious. This really happened to me. Yeah. So, I mean, it happens to all sorts of people in all walks of life. What I just wish guys? it would happen to James Randi or Joe Nickel or, one of those guys all of a sudden wake yeah. up, you know, have a sore butt, weird memories, yeah. have to go get hypnotically regressed. I, I Man, I would love to see that. What about you guys? Have you not had ex- any experiences like that? I did when I was seven. I, I, it changed my life. Uh, when I was a little kid, I had an up-close-and-personal up close uh, uh, encounter experience. Uh, there was no communication, no, you know, para- yeah. paralysis or anything like that. Uh, but uh, it, it forever irrevocably altered my reality view. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. And uh, for many, many years, I was a closet UFO buff, uh, embarrassed to admit it. I had, you know, bought dozens and dozens of books, uh, started reading UFO books at a very, very young age. Frank Edwards, uh, Valet, John Keel, um, of course, Donald Keogh and Adamski and all the, the classics from the 50s. Uh, I got my hands on at one point or another. Have quite a collection of first uh, editions from going all the way back to 1950. It's mm-hmm. it's been it's changed my life, but I they've never come back for a visit to my knowledge. It's like hey, you know, you show up, you freak me out, and then uh, and then that's it. I guess maybe I didn't pass the audition or something. I don't know. Other than that, I've seen dozens of sightings uh, in the San Luis yeah. Valley. It, it, sometimes I'd see several in one night. Yeah. But uh, but uh, ever since I moved here to Arizona, the, my sighting experiences have, have only, I can count them on one hand, I've only had three, um, mm-hmm. three, three good ones. Uh, so, you know, we all see lights in the sky that we can't explain, even trained observers, people that, are, that should know better. Occasionally we'll see something that... Uh, doesn't conform to their uh, to their to their level of uh, training and awareness. Uh, of course, I've had many of those, but 
But the ones I like are the uh, up close and personal daylight sightings. Those are the ones that really, uh, I think, have the most scientific data that we can cool. glean from them. Um, I'm trying to put together a 24-7 high-def surveillance camera setup around the San Luis Valley. Um, we're about ready to get the amount of bandwidth we need to operate this thing on the Internet. Seven cameras on cell towers. And uh, when we had the, the first startup of the test of uh, the first camera, we had two humanoid forms fly um, at about 30 miles from the camera, but all the way out at 36 uh, power optical zoom, two humanoid forms flew right across the western side of the great sand dunes out there. And you mean like uh, Superman, humanoids flying in the well, air. Well, they were like sitting yeah, down uh, with no, big. The, the, I've got a couple of cases. I got a couple of cases in my in my new book. Um, I think in I think Mexico um, off offhand. I think in Mexico. Um, I know the, uh, There's been quite a number down there over the years, yeah. and some pretty interesting uh, video footage. If it's not balloons, yes, uh, I've seen some of them. I mean, it just looks like a guy flying through the air. You know. Yeah, these were like seated type figures with their legs. That's dang. right. Yeah. With large, uh, what looks like uh, some sort of hardware on their back, like a giant mm-hmm. backpack, like an astronaut would wear. Yeah. You know, this is fascinating that all this stuff happens to Chris with me. Maybe I had a UFO sighting in the 60s, maybe, but it wasn't specific enough. Location, location, location. I was always in the wrong location, my friend. But, well, except for that one instance where back in the late 1960s, I saw something in the sky, a light made a rapid maneuver, then it disappeared. And that's all I can say. In our discussion last week with David Roundtree, he was talking about UFOs being dangerous to your health. And I guess to some degree, he'd be talking like the Cash Landrum episode from 1980, where Betty Cash suffered some severe symptoms that may have smacked of possible radiation poisoning or something sure. similar. And of course, yeah. John Burroughs from the Rendisham case, when he appeared on the Paracast, he talked about touching a landed UFO, and things weren't quite the same after that. So yeah. the question I would ask, and this is one that we'll have to pursue to the next segment of our show, the final segment, and that mm-hmm. is Timothy Good. In all of your investigation of UFOs, and we talk here about possible hostile alien beings, but the key question here is whether UFOs are dangerous to your health, whether getting in close proximity could cause possible ill effects like radiation poisoning. You'll have that answer in our next segment. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Wishing you the brightest of Christmas seasons and best wishes for the new year from the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for under $30,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet under $30,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for 129000 You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Take delivery in spring. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. You're fired. According to the Small Business Administration, 75% of small businesses plan to eliminate jobs or reduce workers' hours to part-time. You're fired. According to Gallup, the unemployment rate recently jumped to nearly 9%, and the underemployment rate hit a staggering 17.9%. You're fired. One out of three young adults and one out of two recent college graduates are underemployed. Hello, I'm Keith Abel, a pharmacist and a home business entrepreneur. In 2011, I became one of those statistics myself. Instead of looking for another job in corporate America, I joined Dr. Joel Wallet, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. We're creating steady incomes for ourselves and would like to show you how to do the same. If you want to supplement your current income, replace your income, so you don't have to become one of the statistics, then give me a call toll-free at 866-257-3105. 866-257-3105. You're fired. Don't wait till you hear those words. Start creating an extra income today. 866-257-3105. This is Hilly Rose, and I hope that you do listen to the Paracast, because you will learn a great deal about the paranormal. So, should we give a health warning with UFOs? Certainly, our guest last week, David Roundtree, suggested the very same. 
With Gene and Chris, we have Timothy Good. And I'm going to ask you that question. UFOs, dangerous for your health? We should stay away from them? What? I think it depends. I think the Cash Landrum case of, of uh, December 1980, I think it was, definitely Betty Cash was irradiated from it. I mean, to me, that was an American craft, nuclear-powered craft, which obviously got into trouble and it was being escorted by, I think, what, 23 Chinook helicopters and it was it was losing height rapidly and then they were trying to regain height and everything and it was uh, it clearly irradiated the people in Betty Cash and uh, two other passengers she was I think because she got out of the car she looked up she was she she suffered more radiation than others but I myself think that craft was uh, an American craft generally speaking there are no harmful effects from uh, the more conventional alien spacecraft, if you like. But um, there have been people who have been irradiated by something or they've done something wrong in climbing on board the craft because uh, some people have been sort of electrocuted, not 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 uh, to the point of decease, obviously, but some people have been injured occasionally, very rare occasions, climbing on board uh, these craft. But uh, generally speaking, there's no, there's no, there's nothing uh, harmful about them. Yeah, unless you're running underneath it like Travis Walton tried to do and he got exactly. zapped. Other than that, it's pretty rare, though. It's pretty rare. Yeah. You don't really hear too much about, uh, well, the, this, the Michelac case in Canada uh, was a case Michelac. where there, yeah. there appeared to be some uh, some residual radiation effects. And he, the, the French case of Dr. X that Valet talked about uh, had some interesting... Mm-hmm physical effects uh, from a close proximity encounter. Yes. And there have been others, but uh, for the most part, you know, they're kind and cuddly and, and they don't want to do us harm. I just wish they'd uh, ask to be taken to our leader and maybe read him the riot act or something. Uh, or maybe uh, get taken to the head of the uh, the joint chiefs and uh, read them the riot act. And- well, I think that's, I, I think there have been meetings, I think, with the joint chiefs and, and others in the military. It's essentially a military problem. This leads us to the biggest question of all, which is, all right, we have your books, your theories about possible really, really hostile aliens and doing us harm. How do we end up proving any of this? Because we can all write books, and you just happen to do it better than a lot of people. And you can accumulate a lot of stories. But how do we prove this is so? Because this has got to be the most important information of the ages that human civilization is going to change big time unless we do something right away well sure i mean unless we get some sort of major announcement that it's all real i i don't know but as far as individuals are concerned most people do not have the chance to have a a close encounter um of the third kind or, or whatever fourth kind or whatever so um i don't know i don't really have an answer to that question Well, the key is here, of course, that I know that when this show is broadcast, a number of our listeners are going to say, well, this guy's just telling a lot of really fanciful stories, and that's fine, and that's dandy, but he can't prove any of it. So how do we prove it? It's got to be important to prove, because we've been playing around in this UFO game for many years, you and I. Chris, Mm -hmm. a few less years, but not that many less. And a lot of us aren't as young as we used to be. Is this going to be solved in our lifetimes? Or what? I don't know. 
I, I would think it's already been solved as far as the military is concerned because they have had uh, communications and they've replicated the technology and the, the technology has been given to us. And a lot of our guys are flying these things. But um, we're not going to other star systems, are we? I don't know. I, I, I honestly haven't the faintest idea. No. Serpo. <laughs> <laughs> We got to get uh, Ken Caston on Len Caston on the show. Talk about Serpo. You know, yeah, got to be good. I, I'm 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 fascinated by by some of the statements that have been made uh, over the years. You know, for example, um, Ben Rich. This is what he said in 1993. 1993, this was at uh, during a presentation to the Engineering Alumni Association at University of California in, in L.A., of which Ben Rich was an alumnus. Back in March of 1993, this is what he said, and it's on record. We already have the means to travel among the stars, but these technologies are locked up in black projects, and it would take an act of God to ever get them out to benefit humanity. Anything you can imagine we already know how to do. Yeah, we had Jan Harzan on the show a number of months back who was actually at that meeting. He was there. Yeah. He was there. Yep, Jan was there. And he yeah. chased him down afterwards and tried to get he more did, information yeah, they had a out chat of him. with him. Yeah. <laughs> I found that a very, very interesting scenario. Of course, some people say that he was actually joking, trying, trying to, you know, use some deadpan humor. But that's not what Harzan thought. He uh, he thought that yeah. he was being serious. Occasionally, you, you get some leaks. You know, people talk about, why doesn't the president say something? Well, um, just over a year ago in um, Moscow, there was a television interview given by Dmitry Medvedev. He was former president, but he's, he's prime minister now. And presently, they, they swap positions. You know, uh, Putin was prime minister at one stage. Now he's president. Uh, but this was this was following a television interview on December the seventh, two thousand and twelve. A journalist interviewed Medvedev, supposedly off the air. At one point, the prime minister was asked if the president had been handed secret files on aliens when receiving the briefcase needed to activate Russia's nuclear arsenal. Along with the briefcase with nuclear codes, responded Medvedev, the president is given a special top secret folder which, in its entirety, contains information about aliens who have visited our planet, and a report of the absolutely secret special service that exercises control over aliens on the territory of our country. I will not tell you how many of them are among us because it may cause panic. And that was, I'm not saying it was official. I don't think he thought it was being recorded. Uh, some reports stated that he was laughing at, as he said this, but he wasn't because I've got the video and he was absolutely dead serious when he when he revealed that information to the journalist who had a presumably a concealed microphone. Right. I, I was always under the impression that, that he was just joking around about that because didn't he come back out and say something similar uh, a short time later after the story broke? Um, I'm not aware of that. It's quite possible he did, but... Um, that that you know, I've I've got the video of that, or at least I did have. Unfortunately, my computer crashed about uh, a month or so ago, and uh, I th I'll get it back. But I don't know what's going to be lost on it. You know, quite a lot of stuff I expect. Well, if you live down the street, I'd help you. 
I have a friend who lives in your country, Hugh Mike. All right. But there you go. I don't know. Hey, please tell our listeners where they can find more of what you do. Well, I would say the best bet, if, if you, uh, you go to my website, which is uh, www.timothygood.co, that's .co.uk, and uh, you can contact me at info at timothygood.co.uk. That's all, that's all lowercase. And uh, for books, the best bet is, is always Amazon. Um, my latest book is, was published in New York in, in October this year, but it's, uh, it's not available over in the United Kingdom, but it is obviously available to all and sundry via, via Amazon, Amazon UK and, and Amazon US. Of course, Chris O'Brien's book, Stalking the Herd, a big, thick book about countermutilation, setting the record straight, is going to be out very soon now. He also has I'd like his... to get that. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll make sure Chris gets you an autographed copy, okay? Oh, that'll be fantastic. Thank you. Okay, you see, I'm making decisions for Chris, so yeah. question me later. <laughs> Thanks, Gene. Give you my best anyway. Yes. My handler here. Okay, speaking of being handled, you can handle us over at Twitter, where we're known as The Paracast. Visit our site, theparacast.com. Check our forums, forum.theparacast.com. Or look at The Paracast Fan Club on Facebook. In fact, there are two of them there. Maybe we'll make them one someday if we figure out how. Tim Good. Thanks for joining us this week on the Paracast. It's been my pleasure. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.